First Peter, 1 Peter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses 3. We'll be reading verses 3 to 8 and then looking at the first uh, verses 3 to 5. Sorry, that was very clear. So 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a beautiful photo? It's taken in a cave in Korea by a very clever photographer. But thank you God for that work of nature. Look at that. Do you see the person standing in the light? Man, that's so epitomized for me, the day of resurrection. And so that's going to be in the background. But it's all about the resurrection today. And to do that, I want to illustrate what a pivot is. So if you can go to the next slide, please. A pivot is a pin that's at the center of a gadget so that any action that that happens, happens around that point. It allows a gadget to work. And so we've got a bunch of keys there and the keys are all kept on that bunch because of that pivot point, that pivot pin. We've got a pair of scissors, just a simple instrument. But if it wasn't for that pivot, that instrument wouldn't work in the same way. And then you farmers, you'll know what that is. All right, that farming that uh, pivot where that arm goes out with water spraying and it all goes round and if you look from the air you'll see those big circles of um, crops. So that's a pivot point, the central point or pin or shaft on which a mechanism turns or oscillates. Now, with that in your mind, let's come to this verse. What does God say in this verse in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1 verses 3 to 5? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again, to a living hope. According to whose great mercy? It's the mercy of God. Why did God show us mercy? Because He is mercy. His very nature is mercy. And so the Father showed us His mercy. How? by this very, very clear illustration of sending His own Son. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again. And yes, there was a day when you came to the Father and you said, yes, Lord Jesus, I want you to be my Saviour. But God had been working in your life before that. Otherwise, you would never have come to that point. It's because of God's great mercy to you that, that truth came alive to you. That you realized, without Jesus Christ, I'm lost in this world. There isn't a hope for me. I face death. 
on my own. God in His great mercy caused that in us. What did He cause? He caused us to be born again. Born again from what? Born again from the way we were living. Born again from hopelessness. Born again from a state of death in my soul. Born again to a living hope. He put new life inside of me. He didn't just remake the model. He gave me a whole new heart. Yes? He made His mercy come alive in me. I was born again to a living hope. How? Here's the linchpin. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, God caused us to be born again by His will and by His act to a living hope. But it was through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, before the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the whole of the Old Testament era, people were living and dying, living and dying, coming with sacrifices to God and having their sins forgiven. But it was all pointing forward to a moment in history when Jesus Christ would die and would be risen again. And from that moment, we look back to that historic time. So we are in 2019, unless you're in Ethiopia. We're in 2019. We look back to the point where Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 plus years ago. He's the linchpin. Everything revolves around Jesus Christ and His resurrection. And it's ordained by God Himself. Because Jesus is God. Do you see how the Trinity is working? Amazing. And so, the resurrection of Jesus Christ after His death is the crowning point of God's redemptive plan. God had His plan of salvation. He knew Adam and Eve were going to sin. He knew that people after that were going to be held in that sin. And every single person that's born after that time is caught up in that death before God. Your soul is dead, even though you walk this earth. And He sent His only Son to die for the world, so that all who, can come, all who come to Him can be saved, and will be saved. It's the foundation of God's saving work. You see, if Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, there would be no hope for you and I. Our hope is anchored in the past. Jesus rose historically. Fact. And if you still dispute that, you're closing your eyes to the evidence available historically, not just in the Bible, but outside the Bible, in all kinds of resources. Jesus rose. There are too many witnesses to say He didn't. He rose from the dead. You can't bury your head and say it didn't happen. It did. You've got to deal with it. We have to deal with it as believers. Jesus rose again from the dead. That's the pivot in our lives. You see, without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there'd be no hope for you and I. There'd be no new life. Why? 
Because God's mercy would prove not to be real. Because Jesus had said, I will rise again. And if he didn't, he's a liar. And therefore, God's mercy isn't true. And what would we have? Nothing. We'd have nothing. 1 Corinthians 15 says this. Listen to these words. You can turn there with me if you like. 1 Corinthians 15. The Apostle Paul, and it's hard to dive into the middle of a, of a um, sentence with the Apostle Paul, but we're going to try. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 13 to 19. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He's speaking, about, he's speaking to those who were worried because they said, what about the people who've died before us? Are they going to be risen again? Are they going to rise again from the dead? Or are we not going to see them again? And so Paul speaks to them. This is what he says. I'll read from verse 12. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. So it's not just me that gets a bit confuddled. Did you track with Paul there? For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. There are those two things. No hope, no faith, futile. We're still in our sins. If Christ had not been raised. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Dead. If in this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. Jesus was raised to life. And therefore you and I have hope. Therefore we have life. Not just hope for today, but life and hope into the future for eternity. You see, for three days, Jesus lay dead in that grave. He was really dead. He wasn't just faking it. He wasn't just swooned. He wasn't just unconscious. He was dead. Decay had started to set in. But then, in that millisecond of God's planning, the millisecond of a millisecond, Jesus came to life. There's a beautiful phrase. Ek nekron. It's Greek. And it means, out from among the dead, He rose. Ek nekron. I praise the Lord for that phrase, because out from among the dead... Jesus rose. He was dead, but He didn't stay there. And because He didn't stay there, you and I, even though we go into this box one day, Eknikron, out from among the dead we will rise. Does that grab your heart? It sends goosebumps down me. You see, we won't remain there. 
when we hear the Lord's cry, and when we see that Saviour, we will rise. Our bodies will join our spirits. And we will be with the Lord forever. Do you believe that? If you're not a believer, it sounds like fairy stories, right? How can this be true? But the Bible says it's true. So you need to argue with God about it. He says it's true. We will be raised from the dead. What does our, our text say? Let's get back to 1 Peter. We are born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To what? doesn't end there, you see. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading and kept in heaven for you. Wow. There's more. I get new life. But I also get an inheritance. And it's not things. It's not things. You're not going to get a chest of gold. Really. There are things that are much bigger than that. This inheritance is going to be everything you've always wanted. And when you see it, you're going to say, Yes! I don't know what it is. But it's going to be in the presence of the Saviour. And that should be the inheritance enough for you and I to see God with my own eyes. But this inheritance is going to be imperishable. The word here is aptharton. It is unravaged by an invading army. No army is going to be able to touch that inheritance kept in heaven for you. No one's going to be able to steal it from you. No rust is going to affect that dear treasure of yours as it does our dear treasures today. It's not just imperishable, it's undefiled. Amianton. It's not polluted with impurity or stain. It is pure, completely pure. There's not a stain of sin on it. It's imperishable, it's undefiled, it's unfading. Amaranton. And it speaks about a flower fading and losing its color when it dies. Just look in the mirror. I did this morning. It was a long day yesterday. I saw a bit of fading. A few more lines. You see, our inheritance will be unfading. It's going to be the same forever. You and I are going to be unfading in heaven. I don't know what age we're going to be, whether we'll have lines or not. We're going to have a perfect body forever in heaven. Unfading. And it's not all. It's going to be kept for us. Guarded for us. By who? By God Himself. Who's God? The one who is all-powerful. The one who is all-knowing. Who's going to take that inheritance from us? That's not all. There's more. There's more. This is all to do with the resurrection. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded. Whoa! We have an, a, a, a treasure, but God is guarding you and I too. How's the week been for you? What things have come up against you in this week that you thought were more than you can take? 
You might have got that medical report that you were hoping was going to swing the other way. The bank manager might have phoned and said, you better make a plan, my friend. Come and see me for more debt. That family member might have phoned and you've lost the child that you expect. The Lord says He guards you and I through all those things. Those waves can crash in on us but He guards us right through those waves. As long as we keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ, God guards us. How else? He guards us through faith in a person who's raised from the dead. Jesus Christ, the living Saviour for a salvation. It's not all, it's not over yet. Here it is, ready to be revealed in the last time. There's more coming. God's plan isn't over yet. There's that last phase to come. When Jesus Christ reappears, are you ready for His reappearance or do you stand on your own facing eternity therefore believers here's the here's verse 6 for you if you rejoice though now in this you rejoice though now for a little while if necessary you have been grieved by various trials to build you up to test your perseverance to make you genuine in your faith So persevere. You're not alone. The risen Christ is with you. He's in you. And through your life, He shines out into other people's lives too. Yes? You don't have to do it on your own. Some days we feel, I can't even walk on my own. Never mind tell anyone about Jesus Christ. Well, in your weakness, He is strong. When they can see your weakness, Christ will shine even more brightly through your life. Show your neighbours that you're as human as they are. But, it doesn't end there, you have Christ in you who makes you strong. Who allows you to work through that weakness to show them light, to show them hope. You see, the message of the resurrected Christ doesn't end there. Yes, He rose again from the dead. Yes, He did it for me. But why did He do it for me? There's a reason, you see. I've got to tell the world. He's put us here to be lights. He's put us here to be witnesses about this fact of the resurrection. Yes, our hope is anchored in the past. Jesus rose. And yes, our hope remains in the present. Jesus lives. And our hope is completed in the future. Jesus is returning. But now tell someone. And that's the hardest bit. Isn't it? Why are we so afraid? Look at the momentous event that happened. All we need to do is tell someone. See, Christ died for our sins and He's alive forevermore. Tell someone. Because without that message, they will go to their deaths and then face Him in judgment. How much do you love your neighbor? How much do you love your family member? Enough to risk telling them about Jesus Christ. You see, of all the world's religious leaders, Christ is the only one who died for our sins, who defeated death and is alive forevermore. Confucius, Buddha, Muhammad are all dead, rotting in graves and probably dust by now. 
But they too will be raised. Not on their own accord. Christ will raise them too. But they will face Him as judge. He will be the Saviour. He is the only God. And that's the message we need to take to the world. He loved them so much that He sent His only Son to die but to be raised so that they can have life. The world, our neighbours, our colleagues. Christ left behind an empty tomb. And we as Christians alone have that living message. There is no other religion that can take this message into the world. It's up to you and I to take that message out. There is no parallel religion that will do it if we fail. Christ lives. We have the message. We are to take it out and He will help us in that. Are you up for that challenge? Or would you turn your back on the living Christ and live your comfortable life in disobedience? Come Lord Jesus. Return to this earth and take us to be with you. Your faithful servants. Let's pray. Yes, Lord, keep us faithful to You. You were faithful to us. You are faithful to us. You will be faithful to us. You rose from the dead to make the way for us. You rose up from amongst the dead. And there is our hope. Because one day we will hear You call, Come forth! And we will rise and see the living Christ. And we'll see You for all eternity. Lord, may we take that message of good hope into our society, into the city of Wanganui, to people we meet every day. May they see it in our lives. May they see Jesus Christ shining out because there's hope in our lives and we live hope-filled lives. Help us in that, Lord. Because sometimes we don't feel like very bright lights at all. Shine your light with your strength through our lives. This is our prayer. And Lord, I pray for any here that still will stand before you on their own one day. Lord, may they meet the living Lord Jesus Christ today. May they come and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the only God, the only true Savior, the only way to face a certain eternity with you. Do your work among us, we pray. Amen.